Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, and Well Played Podcast is part of the On Podcast Media Network. I am a sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker, and I am super excited. Today, we have with us Jed <laughs> Derryberry and Julie <laughs> Jones. It. So let's let's bring <laughs> them on. Super excited to have you guys here with us, and they are are, as we pointed out in the sort of pre-show talk up, they are my first masked guests. So maybe I shouldn't have introduced you. Maybe it should have just been a, a fun episode of Guess I Who I Have. Guess Who We Are. Mm, yeah. yeah. A, a mysterious wonder. That could have been super awesome. <laughs> this is uh, season four, episode 13, coming at uh-huh. us. And super excited to have you guys talking today with me and like with this community about something that's clearly passionate to all three of us and that is just sort of that whole sort of power of play you guys just finished writing a book and getting it published and released yeah. uh was that last week or two weeks ago it's definitely recent well, hot off it'll the press be released it's in pre-order now so it'll be released on the 30th <gasps> but it is in our hands we got our copy yes there oh, it is. look at look at that there 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 are be the playful classroom big, big shout out to peter reynolds who did our cover yes all um, of this beautiful artwork is peter yeah, reynolds yeah. um author of the dot and many beautiful works yeah we're this really excited included. that he partnered with us to do that so that's awesome him. yeah all right so here we are we're talking about the that that importance right the importance of play in our classrooms before we sort of get into that i think it's good that people get kind of a bit of our backgrounds right so i think they already know i'm a sixth grade middle school teacher uh but i know you guys have had quite like i was looking over your guys sort of resumes your cvs that you guys have online and there there's there there's more than one job in there there is yes there is you know every time somebody mentions a cv or a vita or something like that i always my first thought was, oh, gosh, is it updated? Is it accurate? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you could have been looking at something from 2013. I don't know. Well, then there's probably just more jobs on there. <laughs> yeah. So, Julie, go first. Tell them a little bit about uh, okay. what you do. Um, so, I started teaching in 1999 in the field of special education. And um, I went from special education at the high school level to fourth grade general education because I just wanted to impact younger students, right? So I taught fourth grade and then I looped up with my class and taught fifth grade, um, missed special ed, went back into special ed for a few years, uh, started a charter school in our town, um, finished my doctorate, went uh, and I'm back home at my undergraduate institution at Converse College. And I uh, direct early childhood education programs and I direct student teaching there and yeah, we wrote a book. We <laughs> wrote a book. That's that's like up to date on the CV now. <laughs> that's the newest one, <laughs> 2020. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and for me, uh, my I'm a lot like Julie. Anybody in education, I feel like our titles and our job description Shit. changes a yeah. lot. Yeah. I started out um, early childhood is my heart. I started in first grade um, in 2001, and then I transitioned to second grade. I taught first and second grade. I did teach third grade one year. That was um, from 2001 until 2015. In 2015, I transferred uh, or transitioned to a professional development facilitator for an organization here in South Carolina. Um, but also around 2010, I started um, doing some adjunct work in higher ed. 
and then which is where we met which is where we met yep. at the same college and then um last school year i decided to take a leap of faith and just start my own mrderryberry.com llc i've had my website for years and um just became a, a a consultant but i'm still very involved i teach four classes for the university of south carolina upstate and university of south carolina aiken um, one of those courses is online and then the other three are in person children's lit um, creativity and play for early mm -hmm. childhood which this will be the textbook for <laughs> that course and um definitely also, a college professor move right there yeah well you know what it's uh, so that's a perfect transition that's how we that's why we wrote the book originally originally that's true when we originally started this work it was because we needed we needed something to hand to our students that um was a total picture of what we were trying to teach them to be well and all the books that are out there either have little people as the audience for play or um why play is important in the early years but nothing that encompassed the whole age span you know what i mean they're in they're in college but they learn by experience they learn through play and there was yeah. no text that honored that so that's that's, and, that's part and, of it and the more we created this work the more we realized this isn't a book for just new teachers um it's a book for all teachers and really for all all people who are in charge of um leading learners mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. if you're a homeschool parent if you are a camp director if you are a museum coach. director yep. anybody connected to any level of education needs to know the power of play for every age group from kindergarten all the way up to 99 years old so yeah i always say like with with my book and some of the like responses i get right and then then you have people that haven't read it yet and they're like well will it work for and you know fill in the blank will it work for a first grade will it work for a sixth grade will it work for i teach social studies so sometimes they're like will it work for something outside of social studies will it work mm -hmm. for the ap class and i always say right. gamification and like playful learning like good course design really ultimately is good kindergarten all the way to phd right pk to yeah. phd that's Absolutely. that's that's yes. what i say like let's just... so that's a segue though because <laughs> i started following you on twitter after your book i got it and read it and halfway through i thought okay i can't read this without action and totally reshaped all of my college courses so they are all gamified now see that's that's what i'm talking about thank thank so you that's... About it. yeah appreciate three that years now and it works, right? I mean, because you're talking about good, oh good design, gosh. right? It doesn't matter yeah. the age. And all I that, the the power of choice, all of those features where they get to to you know choose their own quest or mission that, that they're in. Yeah, no, it's it. it's so important. It's so huge, and I'm so glad that you guys added you know to that space because really, like, I'm just a big believer, like. This is such an important fight, and the more people that kind of get out there and are champions of that, the more resources out yep. there. It's kind of one of those, you know, high tides raise all boats kind of mentality. Like, it's so important that we got to get back to the power of play at all grade levels and outside. Like, even realize just as adults, you know, we learn through play. We learn through tinkering with something yeah. and kind of being playful. Um, yeah, that's important. If you if you if you've ever if you've ever read any of Stuart Brown, Dr. Stuart Brown's work um, on play, he he writes a lot about that and and points adults to how we need more of that. And what we hope is that even some some boardrooms will pick up this book 
and say, hey, how can we make our boardrooms more playful? And um, because adults are so tired of the sit and get PowerPoint, yes. death by meeting, death by Zoom call. <laughs> um, people are just tired of that uh, kind of learning. Um, and it's just not relevant in our society anymore. We've got to change the way we present the learning. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, even thinking through different ways to do our own presentations, like when we go and present, yeah. I definitely think about ways to make it playful. I just ran a uh, online like webinar course for some, for a district, and I actually embedded a game throughout the entire presentation. So like as we were learning, we're also playing the side game that only reinforces the concepts we're talking about, right? So right. But like shifting that idea of how we present, then, I don't know, it it changes, like learners have changed, how we take in information has changed, technology has changed, lots of things have changed. So it doesn't surprise me that eventually it gets down to the presenter needs to change, like how we deliver information needs to change. And that's part of the catalyst for this is that we recognize that if we continue to just tell people this works, this works, then they're like, oh, yay, but I'm really happy in my traditional comfort zone. But if we get out there and show you and model and talk about our experience by showing, that's going to be the game changer. Ah, Game changer. I like it. I like it. Uh, So... You guys, in your book, I mean, right? So if this is like coming out before your book comes out, because this will be out next Tuesday, so that'll be right around Yeah. your, your yeah. book coming out. out. Yeah, we're yeah. hopeful that the people who pre-ordered will get it uh, maybe end of this week, um, but definitely by the 30th is what we're being told they'll receive by the 30th. Yeah, we were told we're a little ahead of schedule, which is good news with the printing. So, okay, so like, as a little bit of a teaser to people that haven't bought your book yet, or if they're listening to this podcast six months from now and they're like, ooh, I want to pick up that book. What would you say would be like, I always talk about these things as like pearls. When I go to a conference, if I get one or two pearls that I get to like use and take and shift my pedagogy, that's huge. And so, and I get in a book and I wrote a book and there's all sorts of resources in there. There's all sorts of changes you could make, but ultimately for a $20 book, truly, if, if, if you had one or two takeaways, that's just so good. What's something you're super excited to get in the hands, you know, drilled down. You, you, your answer cannot be the book. <laughs> oh, that's what's hard. You, Julie? That's a great question. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I think I'm, really the one it's it's told in the voice of how we talk so like right now we're sitting at a coffee shop in downtown you can see all the people walking behind us so the book is very conversational and it is going to feel like you're sitting at the table with us so that's one it it makes style research yes it makes research approachable so we have tons of research-based practices throughout that justify what we're saying. We're not just saying it because we've done it and it works. We're saying it because this has been studied and this is accurate. But one of the takeaways that was so big for me in my reading and as we were writing it is that play is too often seen as the opposite of work where really the opposite of play is depression. Mm -hmm. So play is the way in which we work now. So Work is not go to your desk and do the 20 problems. Work is 
here is the problem. Let's work together to figure it out. It's all of those C's, the collaboration, the creativity. Um, but honoring that with knowing that play is valuable and valid. I don't know if you can hear that enunciation if this Not, mask on, but valuable I, and valid. Yeah. Valuable yeah. and valid. That's That was the... I think so. That's good. That's for me. That's good. The nugget for me, I think, is um, we are very transparent in the book mm. about our evolution on this journey. Yes. And how we tried and we failed, and but we tried again. Um, and that there's no... I will tell you right now, we don't say that the way we do it is the only way. True. Um, but we do strongly agree that um, this is a really good way that everybody should try, but you're not going to be perfect at it. You're going to mess up. Right. Um, and then and all throughout the book, you, I think it, we are very open and honest about the struggles that we had, about yes. the pushback from administrators, the, the parents that may question um, the the districts that may say, "Ooh, is the rigor yep. is the rigor there?" You know, that's the buzzword. Um, we talk about uh, teachers um, that we worked with, both that we um, have have been colleagues with, um, and and also some that we've had as as a parent <laughs> um, who who challenged our thinking and pushed our thinking. And well, just that evolution, we. We would sit here and in this spot and argue, I can't tell that story, Jed. I can't tell that story. And he said, Julie, you have to tell that story That's, because yeah. the people need to know they're, they're probably in that place right now. Yes. And to learn from where I really grew as a teacher in a very direct instruction, <laughs> this is the way to learn standardized testing scores will go up. Um, and just that, that reframing that it took me a while. I was not sold in the beginning, but I am a believer. Yeah. It's like you're standing naked on the street corner when you when you <laughs> yeah. put yourself out there like that. that. That is what I the day that we the day that we submitted our final manuscript to the publisher. Uh, <laughs> that's how I felt. Like we had just stripped completely naked and stood right out here in Main Street. Yeah. So everybody look at us. Like, oh my God, people are going <laughs> to read this. So there you go, people. The the nugget, the thing that they're so excited about is this naked in the street. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Maybe we should go ahead and put a label and no, uh, you write. Uh, Michael, you say naked. It's yeah. Not, it's naked. Yeah. And I'm glad she said that, Michael, because look, in our book, so you, you heard her say that we wrote it like we talked. Um, we ain't from around the same part you are. That's is so true. It is and evident we, in this we conversation. Have, we have our own vocabulary <laughs> down here. And so in the book, we use a lot of what we call southernisms. Uh-huh. Um, so, are, so are you saying the, the you're, are you saying the Google Doc that you worked on the book in had lots of red squiggly lines you just let go? Oh, my oh, God. Yes, yes, Google not. does not know how to spell matter in a wet hen. Yeah. So <laughs> does not know to, how to spell that. We definitely had to <laughs> overlook the red line. But um, – we do have a glossary of terms in the back. Yep, that's good. You're gonna, um, you're gonna, you're, you, you have a little translate. I actually heard this week in the new Apple Web Developer Conference that they just released Siri can now translate. So your book, I could just like, yeah. I could just have, I could say, what is, what does this mean? What is? If Siri knows, if Siri knows our translation, let me know. Yeah, happier in a woodpecker in a lumberyard. <laughs> yeah, I want to know what that is. I want to know what that is. That's... Well, it just—I mean, think about how happy a woodpecker would be in a lumberyard. I mean, it, it just takes 
the, what what we Southerners are good at is embellishing emotion. Yep, we're good at that. And this sounds this sounds them. like a playful book just right from its onset. It's Go- <laughs> and when you read, what I hope is when when people read this book, I hope they will watch this and read it because then they can hear our dialogue. And that is exactly what this whole book is. It's the whole thing is it's us fussing at each other. Yeah, it is. It really is. That's true. I love it. And you're going. It's a very playful um, book. We wrote it just that just that way. And um, for for like a hot second, we thought, oh, people might not take this serious, but it's who we are. It's what it's we. It's very authentic. That's awesome. And I think when you write from the heart like that, people feel it, people know it. And that's, that's how you can create change as well. Um, and, and seeing you both be so playful and happy in your spaces, you've both had journeys through different classrooms in which you, you you saw sort of that power of play and it definitely informed you. Julie came on XP lap, uh, I don't know, years ago. And mm-hmm. I remember kind of how excited you were, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And then you came back yes. and you, you've tried those things and you were like, this worked. This is this is happening. And I'm, I'm so proud that, uh, you know, your work, your story for both of you have led to to this culminating point. And I know it is actually just going to be a new beginning. Not I shouldn't have said culminating like it's it's over, like it's not a pinnacle. You guys got a lot more ideas out there. And I just we're still climbing that mountain. You are. And that's the other thing too with play. It's never over, right? Like there is no finish line. When I talk about designing a gamified class, there is no done point. It is a lot of work, but it's the right kind of work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's something that uh, it's very important for people to hear. It is work. Um, teaching teaching in a playful classroom is not going to be easy uh, for some people because the one thing that traditional education gives us is a scope and a sequence and a mm-hmm. lesson plan and textbook. And the playful classroom sometimes you have to deviate from all of that. Oh, you you forgot and, one you forgot one other thing. It also has. It, it also has low expectations of engagement. Oh, that very, yeah, yes, yeah, absolutely. Right, like, I, I don't have it to, does. like, if, if I was to approach my classroom as a traditional teacher of just, you know, I'm just going to hum through the content, I'm going to hand you some worksheets, we're going to do those worksheets, we're going to take quizzes, take tests, kids wouldn't like it for sure. But kids also really wouldn't complain that much because, like, that's the assumption of school. Like, yeah. Right. So like exactly. they, they wouldn't really like give me super low marks on a review, but that's because yeah. they don't understand. We could ask to change that. Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes we assume that like lack of poor scores to be like, we'll see they're doing it right. And it's like, no, it's because it's because when you ask an 11 year old, if that's OK, they assume that's school. That's the status quo. That's what we've taught them. That's what we taught them school is. Yeah. Um, I I think if you look at what kids are saying about the e-learning experience, (laughs) you will learn that engagement has to be number one. Um, Just this morning, I was talking with um, the director of the American Camp Association, and we were talking about an experience that's coming up that I'm going to be working with them with. And and he was asking me about, you know, delivering um, learning online. And I said, you have to make sure the engagement piece is over the top. Because when kids are learning from home, they're distracted by their dog, their little sister, their TV, their radio, mm-hmm. radio. Uh, do they even have a radio? They, uh, well. they're, See, they're, that's just one of those funny words you guys use. Like we don't yeah. use that word anymore up here. 
but what I what I mean is is, is if the engagement is not there online there's a thousand other things to distract them that you mm-hmm. don't even deal with at school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think with online searching, I, I did, what did our school t- principal tell us? We did 49 days of online learning. Uh, and the, the two pieces that I think need to be the forefront of your online class and the hope that I think the three of us have for you listeners is you realize it's the thing that should be the forefront of any class and that is that is the engagement like you said and then the other piece is the relationship and i know a lot of online teachers that just kind of said well i gotta roll through this content or i gotta get this or we gotta get them ready for this test or whatever you need to take care of that relationship and then as jed pointed out about being over the top the analogy i use is if you've ever seen actors backstage and their makeup like actors for stage acting like in a a play It is over the top makeup, but you don't notice it's over the top when you're in your seat, right? Like that far back, it looks just right. But like, ooh, in person, you're like, that's ridiculous makeup in person. And online, you got to almost dial it up and be extra energetic, extra sort of over the top. Because on the other end, you're actually flat. I'm just two dimensional. Like pff, you're right, yeah, the dog's yeah. over there. The, my window's right behind you guys, and I'm looking. It's a gorgeous day. Like, you know. Yeah. Or you can't tell on your screen that I'm really over here playing Minecraft and oh, just and I look. I can't lie to you, Michael. Um, this is the first time I've really been out and about since March, and I'm looking in the window of the bookstore right now as we talk. And there are 10 books that I'm going to go in there and buy. As soon wait, as wait, Chad, on the podcast, you're admitting you're not listening to the podcast? There is a Stephen King book right behind Dang, right people, right people. If you are still with us, that makes one because Jed's not with us right now. We got Julie and I, we're, we're carrying on. Edit that part out. Edit that out. That's awesome. That is awesome. But right there, guys, is another. I'm going to sort of pivot a little bit. I'm I'm not certain if it's in your book. Obviously, I haven't read your book. But um, playful moments like that. Like we were just relational. We were we were ourselves. And if there's a message, also, I would love teachers to to realize it's not in my book because that wasn't the scope. But that's an aspect of being playful like that moment to be yourself like that joke was all of like a minute like give the minute for that joke yeah in your classrooms people like so so the book is divided into uh seven sections Mm -hmm. um section four is talking about play builds relationships and what happened was a moment of playfulness that that strengthened our relationship you got it um the moment because Michael's already forgiven you for checking out. Yeah, but he's so. also going to text me later wanting to know that Stephen King book. That's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> the Institute. <laughs> Call the Institute. That's awesome. Um, but seriously, we um, one of the things that I have been saying for years, uh, people have heard me say it, is love first and teach second. Um, and part of loving your students first is being authentic and being playful mm-hmm. and, and having these moments. Um, one of the things we talk about in the book was a time when I was um, actually recording a video for the Presidential Award for Excellence, Excellence in Math and Science Teaching. And I was super nervous about the video. It had to be 45 minutes long. And I was using Lego robotics for the very first time. Like my students had never even touched them before. And I videoed that as my lesson, okay? 
it could have been a horrendous storm of of things. <laughs> um, and the video was. Did going you really just well. did you just bleep yourself? I did bleep myself. <laughs> That's awesome. That was awesome. Classy. Yeah, behind the mask, yeah. but he might have mouthed the word. <laughs> oh my gosh! So, anyway, we're right in the middle. I was right in the middle of the lesson. Everything was so well. This kid comes out, bullfrog, bullfrog, and we. I look. We had this big picture window with a little man-made pond outside the window. And we knew there was a frog that was in that pond, but we had never seen it. We had already, we had always heard him splash into the water. Well, this particular time he was coming out and I'm not lying to you, Michael, when I tell you that frog was as big as my head, I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> yeah, huge. And, and right in the middle of the video, I was like, what do I do? So all the kids obviously ran to the window. So right there in the middle of that moment, we reviewed what we knew about amphibians. We sang a little mm-hmm. song about the frog life cycle. We re- regurgitated our amphibian facts. Um, and do you know every judge um, feedback that I got about that video, they talked more about that moment than they did anything about the robots. I, I don't know what that um, I don't know what that says about your robots, but what it does say is that you were able to be <laughs> playful and pivot in that moment and capitalize on that playful well, moment, which I think is the moral of the story. You. Well, I won the award, so hopefully. Boom! Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and and everybody at this coffee shop where we're sitting is looking around for a bullfrog. Yeah, right now. they are. Everybody's looking for a bullfrog. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you guys being like, being on the well played. I really appreciate you guys coming on. We do have uh, reflection time now, and here's here's where I'm just going to give you guys a quote. And I want to have each of you sort of spin it, and I'll spin it as well, to sort of the overall message we had today. This one comes from Mr. Rogers. Oh, put your sweater on. I got my sweater right here. He does. I love it. (laughs) It's right here. Oh. All right. So here we go. Here's our Mr. Rogers moment. Okay. All right. Play gives children a chance to practice what they are learning. I say that's a really good summary for our entire book. Thank you for showing up today. It's good talking to you, Michael. Boom! She just did a coffee drop. <laughs> oh, say it again. Say it again. Give me the quote again. Play gives children a chance to practice what they are learning. Okay. okay. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? I can. So, um, one of the first things that we did um, as we wrote the book, we we made a list of everything that we learned as a child from playing in the backyard, whether it be playing with our neighbors, playing alone, playing with a cardboard box. Um, We made a list. And as I think about that quote and think about that list, we were really showing the world, whether they were watching or not at the moments we were playing in the backyard, um, what we had learned, how to get along with each other, how to problem solve, how to think through um, something new. Um, we, we played baseball in my backyard hundreds of times without a ball, without a bat, and without bases because we found a stick and a walnut and some ripped up pieces of cardboard and we created a field. And so we were showing ourselves, showing each other how we could exist in the world and play and show what we had learned. I think that that's a, a great uh, quote from Mr. Rogers. I love it. That's a good one. Well, the, there's a key word in that quote uh, 
the, the children. And so Mr. Rogers did all the work, you know, his, his work with children. But um, I think that he also spoke to adults. So I'd like to expand that a little, knowing that play is the, the language of learning for children. But just even, I don't know, just anytime I'd like, if we're having a conversation, oh, did you get the, did you hear about this new app? No, I don't know. What are you talking about? So I download it. The first thing I'm going to do is start clicking, right? And No, you're like, going to read the like app directions. <laughs> the user agreement, Julie. Right. The privacy. Right. You've got to read and click the I accept the terms. No, but, but I mean, that is, play is the language of, of how we actually function. And it should be the language that we see in schools. We want it to be the language that's happening in schools from little people land all the way up to higher education. Um, we are proud to say that it is the language of our classrooms and we hope that that our experiences will then become someone else's experiences. You can internalize that and then continue that, to play. That's awesome. The both of you have told really good stories. I don't know how much more I can sum up on this. Uh, again, the quote is play. It's hard going third. Play, it is hard going third. I'm clean up here. Play, <laughs> play gives children a chance to practice what they learn. I'm going to just spin it. I fully agree with what these two said. I'm also going to say that it's that idea of, I, I want us all to see play as practice, right? Like that's what it is. I mean, like play there, you don't get a score for play. You just, you, you kind of, you're kind of exploring and you're just sort of playing with it and that that yeah. is per, that is perfect practice and and why wouldn't we want that in our classrooms right so yeah. there's there's yeah. the challenge for today uh everyone thank you guys for listening and thank you jed and julie for coming on i hope we can have you on again maybe post book we can talk yeah. i absolutely love everything about it even your own language that you bring to this this channel um, uh, i really appreciate it i hope you guys have a great day everyone else thank you for being part of the well-played community i hope you guys have a great day take care and play on <laughs>